You're listening to the Freckle Forum. I'm Paula. And I'm Dri. And we're two BFF cousins who have a lot to say. Hey guys. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Freckle Forum. Woohoo. So for today's episode, we decided to get a little more personal. Uh, we're going to let you know a little more about us, about our customs. So for those of you who don't know, Dee and I are both Brazilian. I'm first generation um, Brazilian born here in the U.S. And Dee was born in Brazil. Yeah. I moved here when she was younger. But before we dive into that, we want to do a quick little Am I the asshole? So, am I the asshole for putting my penis in penis? <laughs> for putting <laughs> for putting my penis in peanut butter and leaving it in the kitchen. I, 20 male, uh-huh. that tells me everything I need to know. Right. 20 years old. Am a college student living with four other guys my age. It's our second year living together. And last year, we had an issue with people eating food that isn't theirs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now we have a strict label your stuff and only eat things with your name on it policy. (laughs) My girlfriend and I like to get a bit frisky in the bedroom. A few nights ago, I dipped my penis in peanut butter and she licked it off. (laughs) Yes, I understand it's slightly bizarre, but that's how we roll. The controversy is that since we have a mouse problem, I did not want to leave the peanut butter in my bedroom. So afterwards, I closed it and returned it to my kitchen cupboard. Note that it had a huge his name label on it. So Mm -hmm. it was clear that it belonged to me. Right. One of my roommates tells me yesterday, oh, by the way, I had some of your peanut butter. He sees my visibly shocked reaction and asks, what's up? So ultimately, I I come clean about the whole deal. He's furious and says, why the fuck would you put it back in the kitchen? (laughs) I remind him of the mouse situation and our policy not to have other people's labeled foods. This is the first time all year that somebody has had my labeled food and informed me after the fact. He said it was just some peanut butter on his bread. It's not like he was taking full chicken breast from me. My house is split three to two on who was in the wrong, and it's spilling over into other aspects of our living situation. We need to get over this pronto. So am I I am asking, am I the asshole? All right. <laughs> There's so much going on here. First of all, I'm not confessing to anything, but I'm just saying the most efficient way would be to scoop the peanut butter and spread it on the penis. Right. It is not to... Yeah, why did you just it's dip not, it in? It, this isn't a chocolate-covered strawberry. <laughs> this is a penis. Chocolate-covered banana. <laughs> I mean, I can't... You didn't even get a full coat on there. I bet. I bet. It's so thick. Like, <laughs> exactly. How, he must it's, have been rock hard. It's not the right consistency for that. That was sloppy work. And honestly, <laughs> I just think you have to think about this all over. Like, ugh, okay, whatever. But if you're just like... I think you're not the asshole. And last week we talked about a very similar one yeah. where I talked about like legality of it. Like, yeah, it's only like illegal if you're doing it with malice. Right. right. So like if you're like 
putting like a laxative, you know, because you know yeah. someone's gonna Just eat it. In it. Exactly, like peeing in it or like whatever the case yeah. may be, because you know someone's gonna consume that, and you're trying right. to like catch them in the act. Right. But if that is your penis dipping peanut butter, <laughs> <laughs> and you had, you're not like, oh, you know, someone's gonna consume that. You know, you, it was never, you know, intended yeah. to catch someone or whatever. You're not, not the, the asshole. asshole. You're yeah, not the asshole. Not. It's not polite <laughs> to use someone's things and then ask them later. That's right. not really asking them, yeah. right? It's not like I can be like, hey, can I use your shower after you've already used it? Like, exactly. what is it going to say? Give me back the water? You know, like, spit it, like, drain it out of your body? Like, no, like, you've already done it. Like, what are you, like... Exactly. At this point, you're just telling me. Like, you're not asking me. Exactly. So... I would say he's a hundred percent the asshole. He is the asshole. No, like the 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 friend, oh, the room, friend roommate. The roommate. Yeah, that was like, I put it like you know confusing way. But the friend or roommate is the asshole. Yeah, and I don't particularly think he's the asshole either. I'm just saying like if I have to pick an asshole, yeah, I just think he's an asshole for getting mad about it. Yeah, like you are taking a risk. You know, you never also, know. Don't you think it would be suspicious that a penis-shaped hole was in there? <laughs> <peanut butter? laughs> like I would think twice before right. eating from that peanut butter. If I Absolutely. see a giant like, <laughs> penis-shaped hole, hole in yeah. it. If anything has a penis-shaped hole, <laughs> just don't have it. Like rule of thumb, rule to live by. Um, no, I think. Just assume everything has been touched by a penis there if it's not yours. Exactly. And then that way you'll That's just... rule of thumb. Rule of thumb, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you know, he's the asshole. And he's the asshole for getting mad. Like, you assume the risk, mm -hmm. you know? Like, you don't... Like, maybe he... Maybe that's where he stores, like, his drugs. Exactly. You know, like, maybe that's you like... You never know. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, he's not the asshole. He's not. Despite you eating some of his penis pubes or exactly or whatever it is what it is <laughs> it is what it is it is what it is at least it wasn't like a fluid you know like a right. penis like you just have like remnants of right. this penis it's nothing and like... if and if it was like a penis that was just like <laughs> recently hardened yeah like there isn't even a lot of like pre-cum or anything it's a completely dry penis you know like <laughs> So, we just have to hope for the best. Exactly. We have to hope he wasn't double dipping, He's you fine. know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, he'll survive. Yeah. He'll survive. He'll survive. Um, but yes. So, moving on to the topic for today's episode. So, for those of you who don't know, Dri moved here when you were... Eight. Eight. Yeah. She was a little, little eight-year-old <laughs> I know. She was the cutest thing ever. She really was. was. I? You were. So she spent the first eight years of her life in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And um, how was that for you? I know you have very fond childhood memories up until a certain point. I do. And then you were moved here. Mm -hmm. Unbeknownst to you. Unbeknownst to me. <laughs> yeah. So how was that transition 
for you? It was honestly like really, really hard because I was really happy there and I didn't want to come here. And then when I got here, like, cause I, I think the only little part of me that got me here was like the part that was like, oh, well, you know, I hope this is like a magical kingdom, you know, sort, yeah. of, sort of mentality. And when like that was not the case, like I was extremely upset and I wanted to go back immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it was like really hard because like at that point, like I was leaving everything behind and like also coming into a whole other situation Mm -hmm. and like my life was very, like I was, my standard of living shifted a lot. Right. So Mm -hmm. like over there, it was like, like I had like a very stable household, yeah, very stable household, like very routine, you know, like everything sort of happened like on the clock you know we had like I had people that prepared all my meals that Mm -hmm. like everything was like sort of I was like guided through life you know like woken up like someone gave me a bath someone like took Mm -hmm. me to the kitchen someone made my food someone took me to school someone picked me up someone like made my dinner and and that's how it was and then when I got here, it was very much like very individual, individualistic, right? So it's yeah. like you want to eat something, make yourself some food. Mm-hmm. Like my mom, she worked a lot of hours, so like I think that was the biggest transition. It wasn't even like a culture shock. It was yeah. just like a, a shift in like the like the home environment that I yeah. was in. And then there was like the language factor and the fact that like in Brazil, like I had friends and I had like you know my sisters and yeah. and then when I came here, I didn't even have that either, you know. So that's what was what was the most difficult part for me, but um, but like honestly, I don't really have a lot of recollection of that. Like I have a lot of recollection of my last days in Brazil, yeah, and even like coming here, like you know, in, on the plane here. Mm-hmm. But once I arrive here, it's honestly all all a blur. Really? Like I start remembering things maybe like three years in into mm. me being here so some of these questions are gonna be hard <laughs> but um but yeah but that's essentially how it was like I remember being on the plane and the woman who put, like put me on the plane um she gave me she was trying to like get me to take sleeping pills mm-hmm. but I didn't want to sleep because I I knew that she was trying to get me sleep, yeah. sleeping pills and she's like oh this is just like for car sickness mm-hmm. and I was like oh don't worry like I don't get sick in the car yeah and she's like oh no but like my daughter does I'm like tough nuts you know like <laughs> seems like you should save those for your daughter then and then um and she was like harassing me to take those. Essentially, like she she wanted me to be quiet during the flight and not spill any any sensitive information yeah. to anyone else. Um, and like I was always known to be like very talkative. Very. So people were like, "Oh, she's like gonna start talking to someone and start saying some out of pocket shit." Yeah. And we can't like have that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why they wanted me to go to sleep so that I would just be quiet for longer. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually, like she did get me to take the medicine because she's like oh you know like you have to take it you have to take it you have to take it and then like my, my aunt was there and like my aunt like obviously knew how to you know convince me of stuff and my aunt was like the one who was like raising me while yeah. I was in Brazil so yeah so then I ended up taking it and yeah and that's how I got here I know people in Brazil have a very like inflated perception of the United States that's right where they think it's like some magical land mm-hmm. with money everywhere exactly white picket fences and yellow school buses everywhere <laughs> <laughs> that is so, so true when people come here because they usually go to obviously cities that are more populated with like 
other Brazilians, yeah. it looks nothing like that. <laughs> Absolutely. It takes, like, it takes you back. Like, when you look at it, you're like, oh, this is not what I pictured because, like, it's not even, you know, the media. You know, mm-hmm. it's, like, other people who have been yeah, that, like, sort of, oh, my God, like, it's just, like, so great. It's, like, a very yeah. elitist thing, you know, like, you would never be able to afford it, but let me tell you, yeah, it is absolutely amazing. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's true. Like with peace and love, right? Like, I live in the tri-state area. I hate New York. <laughs> I like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get like, and I'm not saying this as like, oh, I hate America, shake my fist, sort of thing. It's like, it's a town, right? It's a city. Yeah. With a lot of buildings, right? If you like architecture, you can appreciate that. I don't care for architecture. Yeah. So I don't really see the the appeal. Right. But then, okay, let's say architecture, right? There's so many other cities in America that have awesome architecture, not only New York. So, like, what makes it so special? Oh, it's Times Square. Times Square is literally, like, the worst part of TV, which is advertisements. Yeah. All over the place. It's what you're trying to skip when you're watching TV. Times Square, or at least... Uh, native yeah like but that's what like everyone is coming here yeah, for especially yeah, like brazilians yeah they're not Statue going to like soho they're not going to the, the meatpacking district right they're not going to anywhere else they're they're not going to the moma you know they're yeah. going to times Time square. square statue of liberty statue of liberty <laughs> like the rockefeller it. center like yeah. and that's what they're coming back to talk about like oh my god Times square was life-changing it's like true. i think i learned how to speak english just looking <laughs> at it like you know so I think that it's like a, a romanticization. <laughs> yeah, it's of, romanticized for sure. Of like New York and America. And like even if you come from like really poor, poor living conditions, which was not my case. I was like very upper middle class in Brazil. Um, even if you come from like the worst of situations, mm-hmm. your expectations are so high yeah. that no like place on earth could ever measure up, That's you know? That's true. Do you remember your first day getting here? Like what was your first impression of everything? I do. I do remember the first, my first day getting here. Um, everything was just like so overwhelming because like um, like everyone was just speaking English and obviously yeah. like I didn't understand. Yeah. Um, and then like honestly it just sucks because like I don't want to talk about my mom at this podcast but like obviously she's a big you know part of of that (laughs) of the reason why you're here yeah of the reason why I'm here and like of my first years here you know Mm -hmm. um so like I remember she was dating this one guy at at this time which is like a total perv ew um (laughs) and he like and we went to like she was living with him at the time and we went to his house and she had like because that's where she was living um, so that was like my house from there on forward. And um, she had like these posters, right? Like saying like, oh, welcome to America. But like it was only geared toward my sister. I think she thought I couldn't read. Yeah. But like I was like eight. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> so then like I actually like when we were like talking a, f- a few years back, I mentioned it to her. I was like, why didn't you write any posters for me? She's like, oh, I thought you wouldn't care. I'm like, what? <laughs> so yeah, so she's cool like that. Yeah, um, but I remember, thoughtful. I vividly remember that. Um, and then yeah, and then like a bunch of people were coming over the house to like. I don't remember seeing you your first day, but I it's weird like because we have like a five year age gap. Yeah, like, I immediately was drawn more to you than to your sister. 
who was at the time like what like 16 yeah she was like 15 16 when you got yeah, and i was like so if you were eight i was like 13 mm-hmm. that is kind of weird i never thought about that yeah that is so weird it is like i don't know why i i guess like it, i don't know that's yeah. really weird i've never thought about that because okay that is weird <laughs> <laughs> no yeah that's definitely something we like could think about yeah i was like more drawn to you and like than to your sister or whatever and it's funny because like i cannot remember like the beginning of our relationship like i can't remember like the first time we hang out hung yeah, out or the second time we hung out or the third time or the fourth time or the fifth time like my first recollection of me and you we were we were already friends yeah like same and it was never like, and I don't remember speaking to you in Portuguese. Like, obviously, like outside of like the like yeah. three or four words that we like just randomly throw yeah. into the mix. Like, yeah. because you know, at some point, like I only spoke Portuguese. So, like, there has to be like some conversations that happened 100% in Portuguese, but I don't remember any of them. Yeah, you picked up English so quickly. So, I don't think so. I think you did because like there'd be times like we'd be talking. And your sister would was like, can you guys slow down? Can you guys teach me a little bit? Like, I remember us being like in your mom's minivan and we were talking and she's like, can you like teach me a little bit? Like, I remember. I don't remember that. I remember that. But I feel like that was so many years later. Like, I don't feel like that was like in the beginning. Cause like when I got here, like, I think I was like put into third grade or second grade I think yeah I think it was like third grade yeah I think it was third grade mm-hmm. and I repeated third grade because I didn't know how to speak English mm, I don't know the, those first few years are a blur like you said it, it was it's really hard to remember so how long did it take you to like get used to everything and I feel like you're still not used to everything <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it took I don't know like I think it took me um Honestly, until like late middle school to assimilate. And I feel like that's hard to say. Like it's it's hard to admit that. But it was. It was like because for a, lo- a long time, like I resented being here so much. Yeah. Um, and I honestly still resent being here a little bit. Like I don't like the fact that I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, and like because we'll get to that later on because there's like a conversation about that. But um. But yeah, it took a while. And then when I started like middle school, because this initial school that I went to was in like a part of New Jersey that didn't have a lot of Brazilian people. Yeah. So the people in my school either spoke Spanish or English, mm-hmm. two languages that I was not familiar with. Yeah. Um, and contrary to popular belief, Spanish and Portuguese are not that similar. Um, so yeah, so it was really hard for me to make friends mm-hmm. and school was overwhelming because it's like, imagine sitting through something where you understand nothing. That is very overwhelming. Yeah. For like eight hours a day. And then like, you're supposed to somehow still like do work and you know, like it's yeah. just really hard. Um, but yeah, but that was, and then once I moved, uh, I did second, third grade twice. And then on, for fourth grade, I went, I moved to another city where there were more Brazilian people. Mm-hmm. And then for fourth grade and fifth grade, for, when in fourth grade, I already spoke English. Yeah. When I went to this new school, I already knew English. Um, so it was easier. And then fifth grade and sixth grade, um, I met like a lot of Brazilian like kids in my school. Yeah. And I was able to like, you know, sort of create fast friends because Mm -hmm. like I'm just a person that makes friends really fast like really fast (laughs) and like especially with people from my culture I feel like you know it's easier for me so that's that's when I started to get like comfortable when I started making friendships and was able to you know come out of my shell a little bit yeah that's true yeah once we moved 
once you move down to that area, it's like, you know, it's, you're like in your comfort zone. Exactly. It was easy to, to get used to everything. So what was, would you say like one of the easier, I guess, aspects of the, of coming here that was, that you got used to? Like what was easy for you? I think what was easy for me was a lack of structure. But once I once again, I think that, <laughs> that was... It did not benefit you in the long run. It did not benefit me in the long run. But like I, in Brazil, um, I lived a very structured life, lifestyle. My aunt was a very structured person. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, up by this time. You're going to eat breakfast by this time. Mm-hmm. You're going to do this by this time. Everything was like on the clock. Yeah. Um, and it was like very structured. And for a kid, like structure is very good at least for me it was no for yeah for kids in general it is they don't like it but yeah but it's it's like for them and and it does like the body well you know Mm -hmm. like um and when i got here like you know in an attempt to like please me um my mom was like very you know wild and loose with me Mm -hmm. um so it was just like this person who always had structure now no longer had structure which was fun in the beginning but then yeah not so fun later um but yeah so i think that was the easiest thing to get yeah to get used to like eating fast food all the time yeah um just getting my way all the time mm-hmm. and in terms like like america specific things it's hard to say because like i was a kid right so yeah. like bureaucracy like the american bureaucratic system right or like the brazilian bureaucratic system wasn't really like pertinent to me but like yeah. the things that affected me were that those things um i would say i think the next question is like the heart like what was the, hard the thing hardest thing to get used to the hardest thing was definitely school mm-hmm. um not only just a language barrier but in brazil my school was from like 1 p.m to 6 p.m i believe mm-hmm. so it was like a five-hour school day and like that was amazing for me because i'm not a morning person yeah. and then having to like wake up like six o'clock in the morning here yeah. spend like all of God's given hours yeah. in this freaking building where I didn't understand anyone. That was so difficult for me. Yeah. And then like the school system here, no shade, no tea, but was very slow. Yeah. So like everything that we were doing in math class, I had already done so much so that like when they held me back a grade, like they gave that option to my mom because obviously the only thing that I was not doing well in was English. English yeah. Because like all of the math concepts I had already gone over mm-hmm. and even like writing, like I was doing cursive while they were still like learning how to print. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just, you know, do like regular old handwriting. So like I was pretty advanced when I came here to, yeah. to begin with. And, um, and yeah, so it was even more boring because... None of the curriculum was challenging yeah, for me. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I would go to Brazil and, like, like my cousins would be over in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then they would just go to school at, like, 12 o'clock, come back for lunch, leave, go back to school. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's, like, America's, like, the only one that does this. It's, like, I thought TikTok, it was, like... I think somewhere in Europe, like, why do people, why are you students getting up at like 7 a.m. for class? Like, right. That's so abnormal. It's, it's abnormal that like, they don't even give like us an option of like afternoon school or yeah. like night school. I know. Like, why can't I go to class in the <laughs> afternoon? But uh, yeah, but that was really hard. Like, if yeah. you're used to that, like, that was so hard. That is hard. Um, and so now you've been here for... I've been here for twenty uh, for eighteen years. 
That's crazy. So I, how far? So when did you get your DACA? Because now you have your DACA, mm-hmm. and obviously you're able to like work and stuff like that. Yeah. So what is DACA? Like, how old were you when you got it? Right. So um, DACA is Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival, and it's essentially like um, a work permit for people who have like who enter the United States at a certain age. Like the guidelines are always changing. But I believe when I got my DACA, it was like before 2007 Mm -hmm. and I got here in 2004. So obviously I was within the range yeah. um you had to be under 30 years old when you applied for the DACA and obviously I was mm-hmm. um you had to be enrolled in school which I also was um and like those and you like you couldn't have any previous like criminal record yeah, like obviously. um you know it, like it was a bunch you had like to prove that you've been consistently in the United States like since you've gotten here yeah um it's like a lot of qualifications that you have to like a lot of boxes that you have to check um so when i when daca what i don't know when it was introduced but when it came into effect was actually august 15th of 2012 your birthday yeah my birthday i'm actually gonna show this to paula so like she can um so she can like confirm when was daca established august 15th so funny enough that's when i turned 16 that's so funny. So yeah, so when like I remember like all of my friends were like, "Oh, I'm going to get my license, blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "I'm not, you know, yeah. because um New Jersey up until like last year was a state that like if you didn't have a social security number, you couldn't get a New right. Jersey license." Yeah. So like if I didn't have any kind of documentation, which I didn't up until that point, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be able to like get my license, like do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, so on August 15th of 2012, when I turned 16, DACA went through and That's I crazy. put in my DACA application and then like within like three to six months, like the, my paperwork came back and then I got like my DACA or whatever. But yeah, but that's, it's like, I always think that's so fucking insane because like literally 365 days a year, like that's on crazy. my 16th birthday and, um, I just thought it was crazy. That is crazy. But um, but yeah, so then it came out August 15th and I've had it ever since. And with DACA, like you're able to work, you're able to pay your taxes, you're able to like invest, buy property, like you're able to do anything that you're able to do with a social security number, mm-hmm. except obviously vote because that's like a right reserved for citizens and like leave the country. You can't leave the country. Mm. So you can like travel domestically within the US. Yeah. Like Alaska, Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. any like U.S. territory, mm-hmm. but you can't go anywhere else. Yeah. And like that to me is very devastating because like I don't want to have kids. I don't want to do anything with my money besides travel, yeah. you know. So it's like it just seems like what am I working for, you know, because yeah. if I can't travel, which is like the only thing that I want to do, like what am I going to do with my money? Just like right. shove it up my ass. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so you have DACA. So. Is there any like path from DACA to citizenship or you have to take a different? Yeah, as of right now, um, there isn't any doc, any citizen, any path to citizenship through DACA. So um, there are 
different ways that you can pursue citizenship if you're here undocumented. Um, and those are the same steps that DACA recipients would have to take. So okay. you having DACA status does not give you an advantage, give you an, an advantage in any way, shape or form. Mm. So, for example, like my entry into the United States was questionable and I cannot speak on that. But um, I am considered um, I think it's EWR, which is entry without registration. Mm. So that means like I don't have a registered entry into the United States. Mm -hmm. So therefore, like if I were to get married to someone who is a citizen, I would not be able to get like my green card, you know, like you see a 90 day fiance or whatever. Um, I would have to like, I would have to get married to that citizen or to that person that's legally here and then like put in a request for like a pardon, Mm -hmm. which can take up to like three years and it could also be denied. It could be like, uh, like no, you know, like we're not going to grant it. So it's like a much more expensive, lengthy process, lengthy process, which can, event essentially be denied anyways Mm -hmm. and then if it were to be approved like i said it could take about three years to even get to the approval point Mm -hmm. as opposed to like if you have a registered entry so like let's say you came on a visa and you just overstayed your visa yeah which was not my case then um it takes you like six months once you're married to someone so this one would take like three years and then i would have to go to brazil do like a few interviews there with like a u.s u.s immigration Mm -hmm. and then come back well the u.s consulate i mean Mm -hmm. and then like get my my green card and then come back Um. so yeah so that's the process as of right now yeah and it's just frustrating because like it's very frustrating because that's what I was like talking about before is like I never like my um my little niece always always says that it's like her dream to come right yeah and whenever like she's like over romanticizing the possibility of being here I'm always like do you know like what what you would have to give up to come here like you would never be able to do college, right? Because, like, I was lucky enough that if I wanted to get a college degree, I was yeah. able to because I got my DACA. Right. And that gives me the opportunity to go to college. Right. Um, not to get any financial aid, just to be completely clear, but, like, if I yeah. wanted to pay college out of my own pocket, I would be, like, I would be able to, you know, enroll myself in college. Yeah. But she wouldn't have that uh, possibility, you know? She mm-hmm. wouldn't have the possibility of doing much of anything like you know like she'll probably be able to get her license because yeah like you can do that in new jersey now but it would be like a really tough life you know and that's sort of the life that i live here now like it's very limiting and people are like oh why don't you just go back like i don't know anything back there you know like it's like oh like you don't like america why don't you just up and move to norway like what the fuck are you gonna do in Norway? Right. You know, like you have no idea. Like it, it is something that you can do if you if you really want to do that. But not many people want to start their whole life all over again. All over again. I definitely don't. I don't have the mental capacity for that. <laughs> so it's like I'm not sure. gonna do that. You know, like I'm not a dumb bitch. Like I have myself established here. I'm not just gonna up and move to a country that although I love is a country that I don't know anymore. You yeah. know, um, so it's like a very limiting thing to be here and be like so bound by these like stupid rules and it's like just to know that it wasn't a choice that I made for myself you know it's really annoying like because I don't think I would have chosen this for myself yeah I get that um differences between being here and in Brazil go Paula I mean 
I've never, I feel like visiting Brazil and living in Brazil is very different. Right. So I've only visited Brazil. I've never lived there. Right. I've only visited there for like, I think maybe like two months. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was at my grandma's house. So day-to-day life was, um, it was fun, you know? Yeah. I got to play with my cousins. Um, like, the good thing, the one thing I really liked about Brazil was, for, like, my mom is very strict with me, but mm. for some reason in Brazil, like, she would let me be more free. Like, i go out in the street and play with my cousins literally till it got dark, and I would only come back inside until it got dark. Like, she'd let me go out by myself, like, with my cousins and go get ice cream or go to, like, um, like the local markets over there or, like, go to a cousin's house or whatever by myself. So, mm. I always love that part of being mm. there. Uh, also, like, the food's amazing. It's so, so good. Yeah. It's, it's so, so good. good. So it good. is. So, li- like, visiting there as, like, you know, for family and stuff like that was really fun. Day to day, like, I don't know if it's for me. Yeah. I don't know if it's for me. Like, obviously, like, a lot of people have, like, struggles and stuff like that. And I don't know. Like, I think I'd rather struggle here. Yeah, than absolutely. Than in Brazil. Another difference is, well, the differences for me was... Also, the temperature, too. Like, mm-hmm. that was a big one for me. Yeah. Because it would be really cold in the morning, but it would just get blazing hot, like, around 10 a.m. Like Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It would be so hot. And I was not used to that. But I enjoyed it because, like, for some reason, I just, I, I did not care as much when I was there. But here, it here in the U.S., it bothers me more. I don't know why. I guess also in the part of Brazil that we live, it's not as like humidity. It's yeah. more like dry. So I guess maybe that's why I was able to tolerate the heat more. Um, what about you? What are like some differences? So the differences, I, the biggest differences I would say is like. Um, and I'm going to actively try to be pro us and the end in my comments. So like, I think one of the reasons why moving to Brazil at this, at this day and age would be so hard for me is because like air conditioning in Brazil is like, (laughs) unheard of. Oh yeah. It's like, if you're rich, you have it like in your house. If you're not, you most likely don't because the only way that you could, it's not even like paying for the physical air conditioner, but it's like paying for the light Electric, bill. Yeah. Every, like monthly, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like really expensive, right? So, like, unless you siphon like energy from like other people, mm-hmm. like you cannot afford it. So, people don't have air yeah, conditioning so you, you get in a their hands. And it's like people are just used to that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I could never. Yeah, I can't. I could never. I, and also, like, um, what do you call it? Can we call it panilongo? Um, panilongo. Um, mosquitoes, right? Yeah, but it's like this like specific type of mosquito. So there's like some mosquitoes in Brazil. Um, and they fly around. So I remember when I would sleep at my grandma's house, my aunt would like light this little thing so that like the smoke would like... Um, would fend off the mosquitoes and we'd also sleep with like a net over the bed yeah so you wouldn't get like 
bit all night and I remember I'd be sleeping sometimes I would hear it buzzing in my ear and like I just could not sleep because I'm tossing and turning because it's so hot yeah so yeah that was one of the things I did not I did not look forward to yeah no absolutely so like one thing that I do want to clear up is that like not every place is so like mosquito ridden yeah no like there's more um like sort of city places that are yeah, like much where we're from is like a smaller town yeah so it's not like a big city like sao paulo or rio yeah. so like where i was like actually raised it's called like ipachinga and it's like a, a town in um minas Gerais, which is a state there it's like a city in the state of minas Gerais, and it was like very much like suburban right so yeah. it's like the white picket fence like but there was no like dirt roads or anything like mm-hmm. that so like there wasn't that many like mosquitoes like yeah. obviously with hot weather like you get insects but it wasn't like as prolific as yeah. it was when i used to go like to my my uncle's ranch not my uncle's my yeah my uncle's ranch you mm-hmm. know like um then you know you'd get all kinds yeah, of critters. All the critters so yeah. like that wasn't something that like plagued me daily you know thankfully <laughs> um and i honestly don't remember the heat like i don't know if i was just used to it yeah you're probably used to it but like i don't remember that being something too like that like really got to me um but also you know just um like i really like <laughs> um how much like America's changed over the years and I feel like Brazil is very static in like their political mm-hmm. progress like abortion is still legal in Brazil yeah you know like things are still like a ways antiquated yeah very antiquated yeah. like so that it's, I feel it's like more conservative values over there for absolutely sure. like Catholicism over there yeah, is like big. and Christianity like runs rampant over there which I think is great mm-hmm. but like I don't think religion should affect other people's lives who don't observe that religion right so um i feel like if i was living there that would be something that would get me like upset on the daily Mm -hmm. um so like i love that you know in america like we're a little bit more progressive than that yeah um but that's also something that i appreciate from here um another thing that i also noticed in brazil that i really liked was like like the community aspect of it mm-hmm. like people were so close to their neighbors like yeah. you would just run next door to play with your neighbor's kids or like just literally do anything and right. here in America it's very like everyone's to themselves yeah absolutely like, in Brazil like all the neighbors would like help each other they'd invite each other for dinner for lunch mm-hmm. for breakfast like like um a lot of like for example in by my grandma's house um she a lot of her neighbors did like you know at home stuff some of them would do nails some of them would like um make like make fala artisanato like like artisanal yeah they would make like they were like crochet or knit mm-hmm. stuff and they would sell stuff so like they used a lot of uh a lot of their customers were like their neighbors and mm-hmm. stuff like that so i really liked the the community aspect of brazil yeah um and here it's not so much yeah like which i can appreciate the privacy but like i wouldn't mind like being more friendly with my neighbors stuff like that but i know in america it's not so common yeah no i think that was like one of the biggest culture shocks like we were talking about culture shocks earlier and i couldn't really think of anything yeah that was absolutely one of the biggest culture shocks and i think uh till this day the reason why i have like such big issues making like American friends is because like 
I think the way that I go about it, like, is just not the mm-hmm. way that people are used to. Um, and I definitely think it rubs people, the, like, some people the wrong way. But it's, like, Brazilian people as a community are, like, a much warmer people. Like, yeah. they'll be like, oh, my God, hey, like, oh, my God, do you want to sleep over tonight? Like, I literally just met you. Like, I do not know who you yeah, are. Like, are. come into my house, like, sleep here. Yeah. Like, I will feed you. Like, there's literally this video on YouTube of, like, this girl. Like, I think they're both American or yeah i think they're both american i forgot the name of the channel but essentially they were like they went to brazil to like go to like rio and sao paulo whatever Mm -hmm. or like no they went to brazil to go to the amazonian jungle right okay um so they to like meet the the villagers or whatever whatever the fuck they went that there they did that and then they were gonna go to like bolivia yeah or peru or some like some other country they're gonna yeah they were gonna travel like uh, uh like cross the border and go there and then spend mm-hmm. an x amount of uh, uh, x amount of time they're doing i don't know what yeah but the border was closed because of covid mm-hmm. so they had to stay in brazil they couldn't like cross over anywhere so they decided so but at that point they were all the way in the west of brazil yeah and um you probably don't know a lot about brazilian geography but in the west of brazil there really isn't much you know yeah. like it's a lot of empty rural. land it's very rural, rural yeah. yeah so they wanted to go to the east because that's where everything is like Rio, sao paulo like everything all the people are like in yeah, on the shoreline populated yeah um so they literally hitchhiked across the 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 country mm-hmm. and like they would like literally like hitchhike right like so like stand on the side of the road and ask truckers to take them like as far as they could yeah and like these truckers like literally took them into their home fed them like yeah. gave them clothes gave them like a place to sleep would send them on their way like literally like the most accommodating people yeah like they've never met these people that's like true. one one guy like literally gave them like a bunch of like knickknacks he like rented them out like a room in a hotel for like an ex- extended period so yeah. they could like relax a little bit like literally like they extended them them so much grace and i'm not saying like american people wouldn't do that but i'm just saying that that's the culture right yeah, like that's culture. if you pick up a hitchhiker there and you don't like give them food like you're like oh my god like why didn't you do that like that's so rude you know yeah. and over here like if you do it's like wow what a kind soul you know yeah. like it's like <laughs> there it's expected over here it's like yeah praised you know because yeah. um it's so true. They are definitely more, like, they're just more affectionate. They're more warm. They're, mm-hmm. like, more welcoming and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. What do you miss most about Brazil? It's hard for me to say because the last time I was in Brazil, I was 14 years old. Yeah. So I'm now 30. So it's been over 15, 15 years. years. Yeah. But, um, so at the time, like, a lot, mainly my dad's family is there like mm-hmm. basically all my aunts and uncles on my dad's side are, are over there yeah so i do miss that family aspect you know and like my grandma on my dad's side recently mm-hmm. just passed away mm-hmm. so i am envious that my cousins on my dad's side were able to like grow up with her you know right i mean even when i was younger and i did get to visit her like i do have memories of her that she would make like little dog clothes for me and stuff like that so dog clothes no doll clothes. Oh. <laughs> like she would have like a chunk of like fabrics because oh, she, okay. she would sew she had like scraps of fabrics Aww. so i would pick some she'd make like make a like, little barbie clothes for me uh-huh. so i do have memories of her like that but obviously like they got to grow up with her yeah. and like be at grandma's house all the time and yeah. i didn't really get that yeah. here on my mom or dad's side yeah 
That's true. So um, that's probably the main thing. So like our, from like, cause we share our mom's side yeah. and all of our grandparents are dead. Um, on that side. <laughs> yeah. Weak bloodline, I swear to God. <laughs> All right, so um, what I miss most about Brazil, I would say, like, it's just the culture, like, the people, you know, like, sort of that, that, you know, that sort of, you know, just warmer culture, just people just yeah. being more... Like, like alive yeah you know exactly. like people just being like more like yeah living. like the house was always like there was always something going on yeah. there's always someone coming over like exactly it was always something to do like people are just like actually like living their lives out there yeah and we're just like <laughs> like move <laughs> like i don't know it's just weird honestly like like at some point i would like to just like go back but like obviously once i've like i guess to retire or whatever yeah. but it sucks because at that point like probably like all my family will be dead yeah so <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you moved to Brazil, what would you miss most about the USA? Mm. Target. <laughs> really? Target? <laughs> I love me some Target. They don't have Target over That's there. That's true. Honestly, Paula does love Target. I love Target. <laughs> I really miss Target. Um, what else would I miss about the U.S.? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, obviously there are stuff that I would miss. Like, it's just on the spot like this. I have to think. Do you have any? That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. <laughs> um, Starbucks? No, they have Starbucks there. They do, but it's uh, probably Do they not. have Starbucks drive through though? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. I don't think so. Starbucks drive through. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, capitalism was made for Paula and sponsored by Paula. I'm a basic bitch. I, I would honestly miss um, air conditioning. <laughs> I would say driving because I don't know how to drive stick and a lot of yeah, the cars in Brazil are manual. So automatic cars. Yeah, I think I would not, like I actively drive in America and I would, I would say that I'm a pretty good driver <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> but I, I don't think I would risk driving in Brazil. Like people are fast and furious. Yeah. And yeah. like they do not play any games. Like run you, you know how like okay, so a little rant, okay? If you are listening to this podcast and you do not know how to work your car, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you so much. There is something called the high beam. And if you drive with it on, I will kill your mother. I, I will kill your mother. Hate when people do that dude it's a blue light on your dashboard turn it off turn it off there's no reason there's no reason you have to have it on first of all in most major highways we have street lights yes why turn it off turn like like in why brazil am I my rear view mirror and just see i'm like blinded. blinded like first of all these new cars already come with like the most potent headlights that, <laughs> that they could too. ever put on a fucking vehicle but if like in brazil like if you have your headlights on people will like like they'll like turn on their hazard like they'll blink their hazard light so you can see from behind because obviously if if i'm if i'm bothered by your headlight like you're behind me right yeah so they'll like blink their hazard light like a few times to be like hey dude turn that fucking shit off yeah maybe like beep the hell you know the third time they have to tell you they will like cut you off park their car in front of you and beat the shit out of you they will beat the fucking shit out of you they do not play games you know like if you cut someone off like i'm at you, that point too honestly like you were asking to die like and honestly like although i am a good driver like i do do some goofy shit on the road and i am afraid that they would kill me like and like also like in major like highways 
uh, like in major cities, um, after a certain time Mm -hmm. of the night, you have to like run the red lights because if you stop at the red lights, someone in a motorcycle will pull up to you and like rob rob you. you. (laughs) (laughs) So like you can't stop at the red lights at night. And like, all of these unspoken rules, I just couldn't. I, I, just, know. I know this isn't everywhere. Like, I don't want to make Brazil see, seem crime-ridden. Yeah. But there are some crimes. They, yeah, they are. You and know? if you're a tourist, exactly. you can spot that a mile away. A mile away, yeah. And, like, I give off tourist vibes, you know? Yeah, like, I do, too. Like, I'm frail. I'm like, white. You can't really wear jewelry. Yeah. You can't really have, like, brand-name stuff on you. And I really you have, have to, to wear careful. my Apple Watch because I have to track my, my I circle. I have Me to fill too. my circle. Yeah, you have to go with your phone. Exactly. Like that, pickpocketers. No, so, like, the funniest thing, right? Okay, so... This is a funny story. So uh, one of my one of my favorite things to do when I was younger, still today, right? Like I love to help people. Like I genuinely, genuinely do, uh, especially people like that get here, like from Brazil, and they're mm-hmm. like sort of lost or whatever. Because like I identify with that, so like I'm yeah. like very compassionate towards that, right? So like a lot of my friends um, today are like people that came here and that they were like kind of lost, and I was like sort of like really like you know Got instrumental to their like to their like first few months here or whatever so one of my friends specifically right like i remember this like it was yesterday so we used to work at this bakery together and we used to like the bakery used to close like at midnight right because mm-hmm. it was like a bakery burger place or whatever so it would be open until like midnight so he had like just bought like he had just gotten here and he bought an iphone um and we were like leaving the bakery together and we were gonna walk home together mm-hmm. and like at midnight because like i had done that plenty of times before like in my neighborhood like I felt it's not really a safe neighborhood that I lived in but like I felt safe you know like whatever but he literally like like I I, I didn't even see this right so he got his phone and he stuck it like in his underwear like under his like under his taint (laughs) (laughs) and then like I like obviously like I'm not looking at that so like I was just like minding my business like and maybe we walk like two blocks and he's like looking at me like horrified right I'm talking to him he's looking at me like horrified and I'm like what's up yeah he's like you're gonna walk with your phone in your hand and I'm like what do you mean (laughs) he's like you're gonna walk with your phone in your hand and I'm like I don't really know where else to put it he's like put it in your pants (laughs) <laughs> and like I really thought this man was playing with me I was like ha 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 I was like why the fuck would I ever put my like this is disgusting like my phone is dirty as hell yeah. like I'm gonna get like a urinary infection like he's like no like you're gonna get robbed I'm like by who Yeah. like there's literally no one out in the street he's like oh my god you're just gonna walk with your phone I was like what do you like until like I realized what the fuck he was saying yeah. I was so confused he's like no like you can't walk with your phone in your hand someone's gonna rob you and I'm like no one's gonna rob me <laughs> and I'm like where's your phone he's like I put it in my pants and like I swear to god like I I, I was laughing. deceased I was I was laughing all the way home I was like oh. what the fuck and um he actually did get robbed oh not no. not that day oh. but like ever since he, oh. I think he's been robbed twice oh. so I guess he's just like more he I think he's, he attracts them yeah just so <laughs> Put it in the tank. Yeah, safer there. Uh, so yeah, so if you go to Brazil, put your phone in your tank. I'm just kidding. I mean, I honestly, I think any international country that's a touristy area, it's heavily yeah. like a lot of tourists. You're 
you just gotta be careful yeah um and that's like another thing that like if i was able to like reach the masses like i would say like if people are like oh the crime rates in brazil are so bad like if you are if you go to big cities yeah that are surrounded by like impoverished areas yes these impoverished people are going to flood into the touristy areas to steal from tourists right because they just want to eat but if you're going to like small towns to like see like the actual good mm-hmm. part about Brazil, which is like there's so many like hot springs, so many beaches, like yeah. outside like of the name brand beaches or whatever, mm-hmm. there's so many beautiful things like to do in Brazil. Like those areas are literally like so peace and love, you know? Yeah. Like it's literally like 40 year old women who live there who are just like <laughs> trying to like it's true, like make food and that's it. Like that's all they're doing, yeah, you know? You just gotta be careful no matter where you go. Exactly. Best customs about the USA and best customs about Brazil. I would say calling ahead. Calling ahead. Calling ahead? Yeah, like we were talking about. Cause like, see, I think it's all about hypocrisy, you know? <laughs> because like, although I love the, you know, invade my house i love you so much environment yeah. i would love it if you called ahead yeah don't just show up yeah but like in brazil people just show up yeah they do show up and here it's like it's a very much of a culture of like if you don't call ahead like what the fuck are you doing in my house exactly yeah like, i can appreciate that so too. like i think i've really grown to uh, to be fond of that you mm-hmm. know like i love how like boundaries are a thing here and personal space yeah. and all that funges um so and lightness I, too yeah <laughs> i mean i'm not really that mad about it but yeah pa- paula notorious for being yeah. late too brazilians like if you are 40 minutes late you're on time yeah like 40 minutes you're late early. you're early yeah you're like early. you're an hour and a half two hours you're on time yeah like people will literally plan parties for like 8 p.m so people can arrive there at midnight exactly that's like literally how brazilians people roll and it's, it's like sure. it's and that kills me yeah like honestly i've been like trying to like obviously 18 years here i've sort of got i've sort of gotten away from that a little bit but i can still appreciate a good um grace period (laughs) (laughs) like some people in their family feel entitled to be like hey you're fat you know like yeah and then because they see everyone as family they just tell everyone they're fat you know like and i feel like american people like sort of you know don't yeah keep their thoughts to themselves sometimes. most of the times yeah sometimes yeah sometimes um, but i like that as well yeah that's true brazilian people they tend to be very like wow you got huge yeah <laughs> or like wow you look so skinny you yeah need to eat something. exactly like, very just like yeah extreme with things very extreme very extreme <laughs> um and sometimes hurtful yeah a little <laughs> too cruel a little bit cruel but yeah, but that's essentially it. Um, I would love to know how your culture differences from our culture, which yeah. differences from American culture. culture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let us know. Yeah, let us know. And thank you so much for listening to another episode. Yes, we hope you guys enjoyed it. And next week we'll have we'll talk about our girls trip that we're gonna yes, go on. So excited! We're so excited. And then the one after, it literally says me shitting the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember writing that. <laughs> um, but I guess in the next episode we're gonna talk about me shitting the bed. So you have that to look forward to oh my god i'm crying all right guys all right have a good night guys (laughs) see you next week see you next week bye-bye
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more content, please follow us on our Instagram at The Freckle Forum.